Welcome to the Garage U Tools for the next uh, two hours or so. We're going to do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm David Whitech. I'm here by myself. Not even Lindsay the Albino Hockey Fuck is with me. And why, you might ask, was there no introduction from the master engineer? Why is Lindsay not here? Why is Dave sitting there alone? Well, the answer is this. Uh, before I left for a weekend away, we recorded the show. And something went wonky with the recording. And 10 minutes in, it just stopped recording. I, this happened before. I don't know what triggers it, but it just froze up at 10 minutes. Uh, uh, so Chris and I had a really nice intro segment, uh, a lot of banter, a bunch of voicemails, and it all disappeared. Just like gone, you know? Um, we didn't have time to re-record it. It was getting late. We just stopped and just picked up the show from the first uh, break. And I said, I'll have to go back and re-record that. But you know what? Here's the problem. Lindsay's annoyed with me. She don't want to come on because she don't want to do a, a second-hand recording. Master Engineer, it's in his contract. He does one take. Uh, we lost it. That's on us. And uh, it's just, uh, you know, I had to leave. Like, I didn't even get the show out. Like, the show is already late. Now it's, like, super late. Like, this show's coming out, and then we got another show coming out in, like, four days. And, and I'm sorry. It's been busy. Just finished up another one of my classes. Had to go out of town. Dad's uh, dad's back in and out of the hospital, and my birthday is this coming Sunday. So it'll be like two episodes out the week before my birthday. So, like, I'm just trying to crank all this out. So I apologize. I tried to keep it on target. It's been already, we're in, already behind, and it's the second month of 2022. Um so I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna get back on track. We got a lot coming up in the next few episodes, but this episode, just want you guys to know, uh, we're gonna jump right in. I'm not gonna go back and replay all the voicemails because I don't have Chris here with me. We'll put the voicemails in the next episode. But I do want to thank our sponsors. That includes Chaos Orc Superstore, Chaos Orc Superstore, Six Squared Studios, Six Squared Studios. Dude, I don't know if it's up on their website yet, but they've got the thing, the frame, the board that they sent me, and it is fantastic. Um, I need a little extra glue to put down the little dry erase things to keep track of stuff, but other than that, that board is phenomenal. And once it's up on their website, if you've got a full six foot by four foot board and you don't want to cut it, this is much cheaper than just buying one of those smaller mats. This is such a good, uh, it's such a great great piece and of course grognard games in rosella illinois because there's always something happening at grognards uh also want to thank the patreon patrons those people who make this show and everything we do possible that includes our associate producers christopher sanders big jake and jake c our executive producers colin miller tyler mcdonald and scott milne and our newest patreon patron Patreon, Patreon, I can't even speak right. Uh, Brian Kennedy, thank you all for being part of the Almost 1% that makes this episode of the show and every other episode we do possible. And uh, I do want to remind you that we do have voicemail. 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. That's 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Most international callers dial 00. And then 1-757-GH-SHOW-6. Um, yep, that's everything. That's all the intros, so we're just going to jump right into, uh, I, in fact, normally, you know, we take a quick commercial, but this one will be super quick. Why? Because, boy, oh boy, uh, I just kind of plowed through all that without much of an intro. Um, and then we're going to come back, and guys, we are talking Techless and Tyrion, okay? We're going, we're, we got another episode in here for characters that were in the world that was, 
that are now in the mortal realms. And uh, we got a really good, um, we got some really good feedback on Gotrek Gurnison. So why not, right? Like, Gotrek did well. So um, try it again with another character. Um, there's uh, There are several that have come through. Manfred we could do. Alarial we could do. Uh, once we get any info on Malarian, heck, maybe we'll just do Malarian when he was still Malekith, and we don't know anything about him yet. Just give you the backstory. Um, we can do more on Marathi. So, um, yeah, that's what we're doing, and it's kind of fun. We're gonna do the toolbox. Uh, gonna do already recorded. You're gonna hear the toolbox, um, and then we're gonna just talk the history of Teclis and his brother Tyrion. Uh, and I, I had a ton of fun with this one. I'm going to let you know right now, enjoyed it. So we're going to hit that commercial. We're going to come back. You guys can, uh, you guys will enjoy this. So thank you, and we'll be back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. And we are back. Hello. Hello. All right. So, you know what? Let's do the toolbox, why don't we? There's a lot going on, and I know we're going to talk Techless, and we're going to talk Tyrion. Yep. But let's talk toolbox. Cool. Brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, Chris, hobby. I know I know you've got hobby. I know you've got hobby. Yeah. you've never not got hobby. <laughs> so, I was working on my Maggotkin army and i got a game in with them and i how did it go it went well i mean we kind of just my friend brought uh my friend mike brought his night haunt um we were just kind of like playing a game we weren't i mean obviously the maggot kin army wasn't like super optimized because just kind of like what i had and we were just kind of playing through the rules and it was fun i mean the army played kind of like how we thought it would, you know what I mean? You get you get in there, you get stuck in, you start spreading disease around, you buff your guys, you take damage, you give some back, but you just kind of hold there and then spread disease. And that's how, I mean, I think the disease did more wounds than some of the units did. I mean, it's well, that's what I'm being told is I'm yeah. hearing that that you know. People sitting there saying that the limits on that and oh, it's not going to be that good, and it's ridiculous good. Yeah, it's cool. 
it's cool. So I painted, I did have a painted army, so that was good. I had painted all those units from before, and then I got a Horticulus Slimex, and I painted him. Nice. Um, and then I got, I don't know, I think the the, the new uh, Beastman uh, White Dwarf stuff's coming out, and they kind of leaked those rules. I got kind of inspired a little bit. So I started kind of digging through my stuff, and I found my Beastman box, and I found my Warriors of Chaos uh, boxes, too. So I kind of trying to see what I had. And, you know, I just kind of had an idea. So I started painting up. Because I, I also noticed that in some of my lists, I always had like 70 points left over or some kind of weird amount. Not enough for a unit. So like a good 70-point unit is, you know, it's 10 ungores with spears and shields. You know, just kind of throw them in there. So I kind of like looking through to see what kind of units you can I could add into some of my armies just to try to supplement them. So then I kind of interesting. Yeah, I kind of got inspired to paint up some stuff. So I painted, I paint, I did paint those ten on. I I had some stuff from before, so I repainted some stuff. And then yeah, I you sent went me a picture. The, you're like, check it out. I'm painting Ungor, and I'm like, oh, those, <laughs> I'm like, did the, those rules. I'm like, are those rules that good that you're already <laughs> on this? And you're like, oh, I was already doing it. I was already actually doing it. I got to go then, pick up that book from Grognards, too. Yeah. And then I um, I went to the closet, and I had some uh, some unopened boxes of other Ungors, and I did a unit of 10 with uh, bows. I didn't actually know that they changed the Ungor sculpt. Did you know that? There's a, there's I, a, I did not. There must be a really old Ungor sculpt. Like, I, they got these little skinny, like long spears and shields and then they did another one at some point and they looked the models looked similar but different i had no clue that they actually had un, a new edition of ungors came out at some point I interesting i didn't know so yeah so i was digging through my stuff and i was like ah so i got my i kind of like pointed up a you know it's just a slaves to darkness army really heavy on chaos warriors and kind of like backed up by you know war shrines and ungors and that kind of stuff monsters i put together this uh fomoroid crusher model which is super cool it's like you know a war cry model that you can play in your list right right that guy together just today so yeah so that's what i've been doing painting warriors of chaos Very and nice. slaves of darkness so it's fun cool and I got a game. I got two games, and I got that Nurgle game in, and then I also played a game of 40k with my 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 Eldar. One last game with the old Eldar Codex. How'd that go? I ended up winning. I played a guy's uh, Dark Angels army. He was playing all Terminators. Oh goodness! <laughs> That's like a super elite. We we're playing 1500 points. He had all Inner Circle Dark Angel Terminators with. Like Ezekiel and Azrael and all the boys, all in Terminator armor. That's that was, not well, a lot of. It was very few models. Yeah, I was gonna say, and, and, and you are way faster than them. Oh yeah, so it was all. I just, you know, kind of just went to the objectives and, you know, kind of won that way. So that was fun. Interesting. How are you, Dave? What have you been up to? Um. Well, I am been doing grading. And I took my final and finished my papers for my, my, the class I'm in right now. But 
I am getting in a bunch of games this weekend, so I'm trying to at least get some paint on some mm. of my models, so I'm not going with all primed plastic. <laughs> um, but I've got 40 Cruel Boys with green skin. Nice. Yep. And I started doing the... Okay, I did the first guy, and I kind of did a test model, and then mm. I got my paints. Like I had the paints all put aside that I used for him, and then... Uh, when 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 the kids were helping me clean up because they wanted to move stuff out of the way so they could have a couple of friends over to watch movies, mm-hmm. all the paints just got jumbled together, <laughs> uh, which I should have written it down, and I didn't. And so the yeah. paints got jumbled together, so I pulled them back out, and I, for the life of me, cannot find the paints that I used for the, for the clothing, for the skins, the hides that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I tried about three or four different colors. None of them matched what I originally did at all. But as I was looking at, at it and getting really upset, um, uh, my good friend Rotor said, you know, they don't look that bad. Like, none of them look that bad. And I'm like, yeah, but he's like, these guys are in a swamp just taking yeah. whatever they kill and making skins. Why do they all have to match? Right. And I was like, huh. Uh, so I'm going to just take lots of different browns and paint up. Like, if I find one that I like, I'm going to paint a, a half dozen or ten in one color and then do another half dozen or 10 in another color and another color. So all of the, the clothing doesn't, I, you know, I'm just going to paint whatever. I, what do I care? Yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, I mean, that's the plan right now. I do have, would you like to hear what I'm going to be taking this weekend? Yes. Now I don't, yeah, I don't your, have, I don't have all the, the, the bits and bobs put together of like, you know, the, I know I'm going to take a couple of, um, what do you call it? battalions and stuff like that? But mm-hmm. I don't have all that picked out. But okay, yeah. what I am going to take is the following, and I know it's not the idealist, but it's the no. stuff that I played a little bit with and I like. Yeah, I got to kill a boss on a Nash Toof, which is yeah. the guy on the, the the one that comes in the Dominion box. Yeah, that dude. You know. Yeah. Um, I got two Swamp Caller shamans because I like to make poison. Who doesn't? Right. I'm taking uh, Swamp Boss Scumdrack on his Swamp Call a Swink Swank because, you know, they got all these terrible, disgusting-sounding names. Yeah, and he's like five points more than the regular guy. Yeah, the name character is five points more than the other character, and he's just better. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? For five points, even I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm not going to take. You know, I'm taking him. Sure. Uh, and I'm taking Gobsprack because nice. I like the giant vulture. Yeah. And it's cool, and he's got some cool magic, and I like it. Like, I'm just taking it. Now, what do I have besides that? I got one kill bow in case anybody brings a big monster. Yeah. Or, you know what? I'll take that thing and try to snipe out a character, man. (laughs) That thing, it's good. Yeah. It's two damage. It's, you know, it does, I think it's damage two, but then how many, it, what it, it's, uh, you, it's it's does two and then plus uh, whatever for you roll for how many wounds the, mm-hmm. the guy has and every five up it does yeah. another two. I think you'd also want to use it for like counter battery fire, you know. Yeah. For like for like you know somebody's got long strikes, that's your target for that. Yeah. Um, then I got two units of ten slitters because I like me some hobgrots. They're yeah, good for what, grabbing stuff. Yeah. Well, one of them's got to be Scumdrex counting boys too. So. Right. And then uh, I got four units of 10 Gut Rippers. Nice. And that's 2,000 points. 
Wow. Because the, I mean, well, honestly, I mean, the Scumdrack and Gobsrack probably don't need them both in the same army. The two of them together are 600 points. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they, you know, that's a big chunk of your army right there. Mm-hmm. And see, I've gotten into this weird habit where I'm always trying to take, uh, I, I like to get like a bunch of the battalions. So I'm always trying to get a lot of characters in. Okay. So that I can keep doing that. And um, so I, I wind up spending more points on characters than I really kind of want to. But they're, yeah. the character, the things that these guys do is cool. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, the minimum usually that you want in a list is three. Because that unlocks like Command Entourage and right. the Warlord Battalion. And-, and the thing is, I had to take a couple of these because I had, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't even care. I don't know if this is good or not. I know I'm having fun with this, and mm-hmm. I'm taking the slug bugs or the big or the bug boys or whatever they're called. Yeah. So if you get near me, I roll a die, and if I roll a good roll, then you're minus one to hit me because I'm so gross. And I, no, I, like, I that. like that. Well, it's good for holding objectives. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm. That's that's my list. That's what I'm taking with. Yeah. Cool. A vulture, a couple of guys on big things, a couple of wizards, and then just a bunch of a bunch of boys. What are the other armies going to be? Do you know? Um, I, I know Rotor's bringing uh, his Stormcast, mm-hmm. uh, and I think somebody's bringing Nurgle, somebody's bringing Zinch, somebody's bringing uh, Cities of Sigmar. It, it, we got a we got a sweet mix. We got a yeah, sweet mix. Cool. I don't think I don't think any two people are bringing the same uh, army. Like everyone's trying to bring something different, so yeah. that way, you know, it's it's fun. Did so, you guys had? Is there a uh sort of a suggested army like toughness rating at this or is this like no holds barred bring Oh no 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 this is this is we're we're ha- we're here to have fun. I actually okay. um not the last time but the time before this when a bunch of us got together to play like this uh the the uh realm lords had just come out. Yeah. And I had packed up Harrison's realm lords and I literally took a little bit of everything. I had a cow, I had Two units of ten spears, two units of ten bows, uh, I, two units of five hammers. Yeah. Uh, and then I took some characters. I didn't take techless. I didn't take the named cow, but I took a little of everything. Yeah. And remember when that first came out? Like it was oh, yeah. pretty rough. Like it only well, had a few s- units. But yeah. Well, the sentinels just wrecked base. Everything just worked together perfectly, yeah. uh, and I just I, I I mean I didn't go past turn three any day that weekend, and I was <laughs> I was, I, uh, pe- yeah like, I, I'm the greatest Warhammer player alive. Yeah, I I brought <laughs> I brought a uh, <laughs> I, I, yeah I brought a railgun to a knife fight. It was ridiculous, yeah. and so yeah then you know but then I I brought Night Haunt last time, and I did pretty good with that too. With third mm-hmm. edition come out having. Bulk. It's uh, it's a rare army that's got a lot of models, right? And so objective holding, I I was doing pretty well, and so I kind of luck out with some of this stuff. So cool. We'll see how it goes. But that's that's my hobby. I I am just I am all about the gut rippers right now. In yeah. fact, I see all these new books coming out. The Fire Slayers. Uh, the yeah. Dwarden are calling to me, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Especially if that book doesn't get some new units, because that that. That army's a one-trick pony because it's only got like three units in it, and right. it's like it's hard to be anything. The, the other thing I have with that army is that it's it's actually just monetarily expensive to collect it. Yes, it is. Like I was 
toying around with it. I'm like, oh my God, this army's going to cost me like $500. Well, and that, <laughs> okay, and I hate to, I hate to, I hate to even say these words, but that's not that outrageous for a 2000 point army it, it yeah. nowadays i guess i guess but you know but no it's it's not cheap and and the thing is you can you can get away with buying if you want to run some magma droths you could get the get started sets yes. and you can yeah. get like 3 of them and be yeah. really good to go yeah. you have all your character options all your other stuff but that it's like oh, it's, it's the troops they cost so much money yeah, and and it's like ten guys is like sixty bucks or something. Yeah, and it's there's what there's two kits and they each each kit makes t- right. has two options. So there's four basic units of troops, yeah. and then like fourteen character options. It's it's yeah. it's, it's, it's. I, I do wa- have to say though, I did have an opportunity. I was at Grognard Games. <laughs> this is both like. <laughs> And Thank you had, for the pause they, so I could get to the bell. <laughs> they had all their used models that they because people bring in used stuff and they yeah, trade yeah, yeah. it in there. And uh, they had a bunch of plastic, you know, obviously plastic fire slayers in the bins. So I was like, uh. <laughs> you know, there's a deal there. There's a deal to be had there. There was a there was a deal to be had there, but I didn't I didn't pull the trigger on it. My my like I said, my problem is you've got four units and they're so similar. Yeah. And basically it's they're not all that great, but then you just put them near these characters and then they're just bubbles of that they do this really good thing. Like here's and I think people who played fantasy can relate to this. I loved my dwarf army. I mean, I eventually finally sold it because I need to make room. And it doesn't look like they're ever going to put out dwarf dwarf stuff again. And as much as I felt bad of selling three hundred and some odd, you know, metal models, like I got, you know, like that's it's all gone. My I first got a bunch army, of them. If you want to re- relive your glory days, I got a bunch. I, I may someday. <laughs> um, but the fact is, they're never going to put that out again. And. I remember when I was playing that, people would get mad. You don't even have, like, a magic phase. You don't play in all the phases. You got a bunch of, unbr- you know, like, you don't play. That's your, your army's not, you know, not a well-rounded army. And I remember getting grief ah. for that. And then I look at Fire Slayers, and I'm like, compared to that, yeah, the old dwarf army was a complete toolbox of everything you could want. Mm-hmm. It's just so... You know, you got these guys. You can do A or B. Yeah. And if you have heroes around them, they get a really good save. Yeah, they've got their work cut out for them in the new book. It'll be really interesting to see what they do. Well, and that's I'm and I'm, I, I there is no hint of, that there's more than one new model for them. <laughs> oh no. Because that new box set yeah, that they yeah. showed you has yeah. a new model as one guy. And if it's still. And I'm, I swear to God, if you cannot take a magma droth, well, I don't even know if they if you can build one without the harness on it. Uh, yeah, probably because they can't they can't be unridden, can they? I know. Oh, you got to be able to take magma droths without people on them, and you got to have. I mean, I get it; they're all slayers. I get it, but you know what? They had an all slayer army back in sixth edition during the yes, storm of did. chaos, and yep. that had more personality and more fun than this army. And I like this army. Yeah. And I'm still looking at it going, I can't do it. I can't pull the trigger on this army. 
So I'm excited to see the book because yeah. I want to love this army. Deepkin is coming out as well. That was a what are the two for the next one? Is it it's it's Daughters of Cain and what's the other one coming out? Uh, oh, Night Haunt. Night. Oh, see, and well, there you go. Once the Night Haunt comes out, I know, mm-hmm. and th- that's another one that looks like they showed you, you a both. new model. That they're, I think that's going to be they're going to have a bunch of new stuff for that. I bet. I okay. I don't think so, and I will tell you why. There's already a lot of models for that army. There that's are true. there are like. I'm just they, hoping. Well, here's the thing. I don't even think you need it. Just get some of the ones that nobody ever plays because their rules are crappy yeah. and give make them some glaive, interesting make rules. Make glaive wraith stalkers usable. Yeah, glaive wraith stalkers. Let's make some of the some of the the, the the make the heritons a little better. Make stuff fun to play with because I have thousands of points of this army. Yeah, I have thousands. I I could not. I mean, I think I think I have well, something like I have over four thousand points of this army, and yeah. I can't play it all now. Um, but if you make it fun, I have enough where I could mix things up, change things up, you know. Yeah. I, I, I Just g- give me some tools. Give me something. Give me a monster. Yeah, a monster, and then make them able to use the command phase for actually do anything. Like, get, let them use the command points. You know what I, I mean? I get, Night Hunt can't use all-out defense. They just can't even use it. Yeah. And unless yeah. you make an adjustment for yeah, I don't know what they're gonna do. I'm excited to see it though. That's I mean that's that's yeah. the spring release and I'm I'm super stoked. Yeah, that was my pandemic army when I was sitting here doing <laughs> phone phone tech support, sitting in my chair for a month. That was my that was my pandemic that army. That was my first primarily contrast paint army. Yeah, and it actually th- that army it turned out pretty good. But mm-hmm. I also used the. Oh, remember when they had the Night Haunt Gloom, the yeah. green one, and they had the green and one and the, the blue and one. The blue one, yeah. I used that as well, like for the actual ghosty parts on them. I sure. used those, and then I used the the new contrast paints. Mm-hmm. I'm having so much fun. Like I'm I'm I haven't had the time I would like to do this stuff. Yeah. But every time I sit down and do it, I'm having fun. That's the good. only time the only time I wasn't was when I started to paint those guys. <laughs> and I couldn't find that color scheme. I did. I painted for like two, three hours. I painted four or five different models. Nothing looked alike. I said, I'm yeah. done. I'm I'm done. And I, I walked away for like a week. I'm like, I'm not even looking at wow. this. I was so angry. <laughs> hey, just proves. Just, 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 hey, write down what you're doing, ding dong. So um, that's our hobby and our gaming, I guess. Do you got any other? Oh, look what he's holding up. Oh, you're building a Slimex. Articulus yeah, is getting he's painted. Built. He's painted. Yeah, look at that. Oh, you going full on nurgly nurgles. Yep. Sweet. Good stuff. All right. So um Do you got any other? I don't really have any I mean nothing not. I really want to talk about. I haven't even been watching yeah. much because the Olympics is on. And when the Olympics, Olympics comes on in my on. house, not, I've been watching watch- a lot of curling. <laughs> Yeah, curling, it's fascinating, isn't it? I know. Same curling thing. is bocce ball played on the ice. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. And I like yeah. bocce ball. So, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I've, been watching, I've been watching, of course, the uh, Peacemaker. That shows. I love that show. I haven't watched that yet. You haven't watched it yet? No, and I've been meaning to. The finale is tomorrow. I, I watched the disappointing ending of the season of Boba Fett. Mm. And then... Uh, I mean, I'll catch up on Peacemaker. What oh, I've dude, been, it's good. 
I've been trying to put on something that I don't have to pay attention to too much downstairs, like yeah. when I'm trying to relax. Sure. And I was on Hulu, and I found this older show called The League from oh. FX. I don't know that one. Um, it's it's kind of this weird, dirty, raunchy comedy about a bunch of guys who have known each other forever, and they do a fantasy football league. Okay. And like that's kind of what links them together is them each trying to outdo each other in fantasy football. <laughs> but then they're like wow. real lives. They're and if there's a lot. There's a bunch of people you look at it. You've seen them in there, and I can't think of the guy's name. Uh, on Parks and Rec, he was the radio guy called the douche. Like he's been in a bunch of oh, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's got Paul Shearer, yeah. who's been in a bunch of stuff, and he does that podcast. How did this get made? And it's it's real. It's an FX show, so it's dirty, yeah. <laughs> but it's funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I think you might like like the first season is six episodes, and I watched the first couple episodes. I'm like, I don't know if I like this or not. Like these guys are just kind of awful. But once you get to get to, to know the characters a little better, it's yeah. really funny. Cool. Um. And I'm just going to throw this one out there because everybody knows the greatest superhero of all time, according to Whitek, is the Batman. Mm. So the Batman opens March 4th. Yeah. Unless, of course, you're one of the people who paid attention and saw that on March 1st in select IMAX-only theaters, there will be a 7 p.m. show of really? the Batman. And... uh my wife is actually the one who saw this and was nice enough to be like, are we going to get tickets or not? And I'm like, what? And she's like, I just found out they went on sale like an hour ago. Now, we are going to be at Lincolnshire, and we are going to be in the front row because oh, that's no. all that was left. But <laughs> I am going to see The Batman on nice. March 1st in IMAX on the big screen, three hours starting at 7 p.m., is that a three-hour movie? Yes, it is, and I couldn't oh care God. less because it's the Batman. Wow. I love Batman. Even the bad Batman I watch. Oh, speaking of the Batman, uh, happy 115th birthday, if you were still alive, Cesar Romero, yeah. the TV's Joker from the mm-hmm. Batman TV show. So there we go. That's all our hobby stuff. That's the Toolbox brought to you by Chaos Org Superstore. Um, you know what? Rather than take a break, why don't we jump into Techless and Tyrion? Yeah. Let's do this for a little bit. Let's do a little bit of this. Okay. All right. All right. So, um <laughs> long time ago in the world that was. Yes. There were some elves. There were some elves. Tyrion and Teclas. Now, uh, who were their parents? Who is who is is that important cuz I know who Malekith's parents are. So, it's it's not super important who their parents are. I mean, their father is a guy Named, oh, I got it here in my notes. Because uh-huh. Anirian is Malekith's father, Marathi's husband, Correct. right? Yep. And the sword is the one that he pulled and cursed everybody so, to, to so, save everything. So, okay, so let's t- let's talk about Anirian for a moment. Okay. So, as Tyrion and Teclas are descendants of Anirian, but through like an extended bloodline right so uh, prince arathian is their father and his okay. like i don't know like like malekith I, I, when when they meet up at one point teclas mm-hmm. calls him uncle because he is yeah. literally he is an arian's son and they can live for flipping ever so well i mean malekith is unnaturally old yes I mean, he's been encased in the black armor for a couple of thousand years. Wasn't it like six? Yeah. Yeah. So, 
so Prince Arathian is their father, and they're from Thrace, okay, which is the mountainous wilder. You know, is the is like the wilderness region. You know, the where the like the white lions are from. There, they're like the bodyguards of the Phoenix King. That's where they're from. They come from the line of Anarian, and he was he is the first Phoenix King of Ulthuin, right? Right. So during like super long time ago, in the timeline of elves i mean we're talking a really you know at the kind of the beginning of what we would consider the warhammer world like obviously the elves were under attack by chaos like what else is new <laughs> so they're they're right so they're fighting they're you know they've got all the dragons with them you know they're you know because they've they've lived you know there for a long time so but at this point so at some point like both chaos gates are are pulling in at this point right so there's this the, the great chaos incursion and now for those who don't know in the world that was there was a chaos gate on basically on each pole right well there wasn't a chaos gate there were these it's a warp it's a warp gate. it's right? a warp gate that's what it was it was like a webway portal wasn't it basically exactly. yeah it's 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 a it's a portal to the realm of chaos uh, and, and it through was, these things well it was a it was it always so this is this gets weird and i was going to ask you about yeah. this because when yeah. we had this in the notes the the old ones mm-hmm. created the warhammer world apparently according to legend yes and they had created the slon first yep and the lizard men was what they were called back then, the seraphon. Uh, men, yep. And they they helped. They were like their servants who created and formed everything on the planet. Right. And there so, were these two gates that they would come in and out through. And they yeah. weren't chaos incursions. They were gates that these guys would move through, which reminds you of webway portals. Exactly. So the slant also created elves, yes, dwarves, to be their helpers. You know. You know, to do what they wanted to do, build stuff, learn stuff. So the elves, and, and then they... The Slan taught elves magic. They yep. taught dwarves mining, I believe. Yeah, just stonecraft, all that kind of stuff. Rune magic, all that kind of thing. And one day, the old ones went into the webway portals. Yep, and didn't come back. And then the webway portal, the one at least in the in the northern the, gate, right. shattered. Yep. It broke, and then when that broke, instead of being... And for anyone who doesn't know what that is, basically they built a gateway to travel through the through the warp. Like if you know 40K, it's kind of how they travel, except it, it creates a tunnel that's sort of safe from chaos right. to go wherever they want. But it broke. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and if you really follow 40K lore, we believe, believe, I know you and I have discussed this too, we've mentioned this, that the old ones were the same old ones that the Necrons fought against. Yeah. The Necrons were tricked and put into their armor by those other guys, and then they went to war with the old ones and killed them all. Mm-hmm. And so when that happened during the war that the that the, that the Necrons killed the old ones, mm-hmm. somehow the warp gate on the Warhammer world shattered, and chaos... Right. Now that it wasn't protected, chaos basically was pouring unchecked into the world that was. Yeah. So here, here's the it says. Uh, so Anarian's reign began a time of terror and strife. The polar gates, once used by the star walking old ones to step from world to world, had collapsed. 
unleashing a roiling tide of magical energy across the world. In the magic's wake came the demonic legions of the Chaos Gods, who sought to claim the mortal world for their own. So that's where Anarian steps in. So he is, you know, he's, he's he was basically just a wanderer who traveled the world but came back to Ulthuin in its time of need. And, you know, he battled his way to the Shrine of Astrian and he walked into the flames and he didn't die. He became the first Phoenix King. So that's, that was how you became the Phoenix King, is you walked through the flame of Astrian. And if you died, you weren't worthy. If you came through unscathed, then you were fit to be the Phoenix King. So he started fighting the demons, right? Anarian. And he you know, rallies all the realms of Ulthuin to his kind. So because before this, they were kind of like, you know, separate kingdoms. And they still kind of were. But he, you know, he gets like, you know, Kalidor, Dragon Tamer. He's like big time wizard of the, of the era. Swears fealty to Anarian. So now they've got magic. They've got, you know, martial like might now. So now they're starting to, you know, fight back against the demons. So this war goes on for like a hundred years. But eventually it starts turning against them, right? So quick question. Yeah. While this is going on, have the wizards put together the the uh the vortex, the vortex yeah. yet? Not yet. So okay. this is so at so so during this time, Kalidor Dragon Tamer is like like we have to stop this influx of you know chaos into the world or so we're just gonna lose. So they come up with this plan to create this cosmic vortex that would drain the magic from the world. And then they surmise that it would also take all the demons away. So they're gonna do this. So um so eventually uh Asteriel, who is the ever queen of Ulthuin, gets killed. That's that's Anarian's first wife. So he like he start, he goes this, a little bonkers. This pushes this him over the edge. He's been fighting him over all edge, this right? time. And so that... he makes his so he makes his way. He just because he he vows to kill every demon on the face of the world. So he heads out to the Blighted Isle, which is where uh, the the Widowmaker is, and that's the that's basically the Sword of Cain, like buried in the altar. So this thing is actually it's it's you know it's as old as the world. You know it's a splinter of the actual weapon that the death god Cain wielded. It's called the Widowmaker. Yep. So, so he goes there. He actually, he actually leaves his dragon in Drognir behind and like walks through the plain of bones like on his own. <laughs> and there's like past Phoenix, like past like elf gods like whispering in his ear like, don't do it. Don't do it. Please don't do this. He ignores all of it. Draws Widowmaker and basically becomes the aspect of Cain at this point. The problem yeah, like, with this is anybody who draws that has cursed themselves in their entire bloodline. Yep. And that's just, that's the fact. If you are going to take on the murder god's aspect, yep. you have now cursed yourself. He saw no other option. He saw right. no victory and said, I am not going to let us, I'm, I'm happy to be cursed 
Right. And my family to be once he lost his wife, he didn't care. Right. Curse me. Care. Curse my descendants. Right. That's he actually, fine. Yeah. He actually I, had kids with a stereo that were born before that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, his his bloodline from then on is cursed. And it's but it's worth it to him because he's going to save yep. the rest yep. of the elven race. Yep. So Calidor knows about this. He's like, oh boy. So now yeah. we've got oh to do. Oh boy, we, putting it mildly. Like, okay. So now we're we're all in now. So he starts. He concocts the you know the the ritual. The vortex gets you know all the highest the high elf sorcerers living. Maybe some are already dead. He gathers them all together on the Isle of the Dead and begins this ritual. So Anarian now has to, because the forces of chaos find out about this plan, they're like, oh no, and they go to stop it. So Anarian gets all his forces together. They meet up at, you know, at, uh, on the Isle of the Dead, and they, they start, you know, the, they start the ritual, and the demons try to stop them, and so the you know at 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 the end of this, Anarian, on his own, with Indragnir behind him, slays like four greater demons of the Chaos Gods by himself. One of each type, one, one of, of every flavor. Type, kills all of them. They all fall beneath the sword of Cain, but Anarian gets mortally wounded in the in the battle. So the battle's raging. The the high elf sorcerers chant the spell. You know. Uh, you know that some of the sorcerers aren't good enough, you know, to maintain it. So they start dying. Um, but as soon as he, he he defeats the last demon, the ritual is completed, or as much as they could get by. So the high elf sorcerers succeed in opening this vortex to drain away all the extra magic. But tragically, all of these dudes are trapped inside of this vortex. This, inside this spell, and they're there for eternity. <laughs> okay, this is bananas. <laughs> yeah, they are making what is basically a whirlpool that is just yeah. going to drag all the excess magic coming out of the warp gates and pull it out. So, yep. if you're up anywhere near the warp gates in the far north, there's still a lot of raw magic and chaos runs amok there. It couldn't get it all the way to the gate. Right, but the farther south you travel, the the more it dissipates. Uh, yeah. Because there are dozens of elven wizards yeah. who are saying and chanting out this spell. Yeah. And the only way they can get it to work, the spell is never complete. It no. They have to just keep doing it. Okay. So they're trapped in this weird sort of time vortex as well. Mm-hmm. Where they never have to sleep, never have to eat, never have to anything. Right. Right. But they also never stop performing this spell. Right. And occasionally, like Calidor makes an appearance in the story. Like he can actually divert his attention from He's running it, but he's spell. not one of the guys who's actually keeping it running. Like he's keeping them running while they're yeah. running the spell. So, yeah. so okay, occasionally yeah. he can step out and yeah, have a he, smoke. Right. He'll visit elf wizards. He'll go visit he'll go have astral project himself and you know, talk to Teclas for a minute. You know what I mean? And in the and I think in the age of Sigmar, I I, I think it's still kind of going on a little bit. I think Kalidor can also still do that. I from little hints that I you see here and there. 
Anyway, so this ritual is done. And Arian gets back on his dragon, flies back to the Blighted Isle, lands. Poor Indragnir dies. <laughs> and Arian crawls back to the altar of Cain and shoves the Widowmaker back into the altar. And, uh, you know, we think that's, 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 that's going to be curtains for Arian. However, that is not the case. Because he actually, well, yeah, I mean, he's pretty much done at that point. But, like, during this campaign. And none of this has gotten us to Teclas or Tyrion yet. No, no. But also, so, during all this campaign, like, his wife has died. And there's actually a time in between Asteriel dying and this great ritual. There's, like, I think it's, like, a year. And this is when he, this is when he gets, like... He meets Marathi, and he like he actually like goes to Nagarith, and like you know doing all kinds of stuff there. You know, sort of yeah, not, he, not he, great elf stuff. He kind of falls into a really bad depression and gets yeah. kind of entranced by Marathi and her nihilism and yeah. their death cult, and he he gets involved in that stuff. He does. So, um, and this is when he gets, he marries Marathi, and that's when, you know, you get Malekith, you know. So that's how that happens. So all this is done, they're fine. So this bloodline, though, um, from Asteriel is where Tyrion and Teclas are descended from. And they kind of live this, you know, this, this, you know, this sort of undercover existence in Thrace. And, you know, we get to the point of basically the, you know, the last, you know, Phoenix King uh, is, is, um, is Finubar when all the action of like Tyrion and Teclas is taking place. And we sort of meet them. And so, so Bill King, the same guy who wrote all the, Felix and Gotrek stuff is also the person who wrote these the Aetherian Teclas trilogy, which is Blood of Anarian, Sword of Kalidor, and Bane of Malekith. So in Blood of Anarian, they kind of cover all the big guys there with the it, throughout their their little story too. Yes. So the Blood of Anarian is you know it's kind of their origin story. You know it's kind of like. Uh, you know, it's where, you, it's where you meet them, and they're sort of they're they're young, and they sort of meet like their teachers and mentors and all that thing. They're a little bit and, different than we. we yeah. Well, we don't see we don't see anything of Tyrion really, other than that he walked out looking for Teclas, uh, and we see Teclas now, and Teclas is still he's a bit different than he was. Yeah. Uh, you, you've got twins here, and this is a little bit that I still remember exactly. Yep. Yep. That's now, a good thing. Right, they are twins. Tyrion, they're, they're basically they're basically different sides of the same coin. Tyrion is handsome, even for an elf. He is considered really handsome. He is he is kind of buff, which is almost odd yeah. for an elf because they're all kind of thin. He's kind of muscular. He's kind of big, super athletic, best at all the sports, best at all the things that he does. Um, absolutely terrible at politics. Right. Has no patience for it. He says what he thinks. He does what he says. 
he's a straight shooter. And even when you should be tactful and keep your mouth shut, he is a straight shooter. He does not go in for any double talk, any politicking, any backs. That's not him. Uh, all the girls love him. The female elves love him. You know, the male elves want to be him. He is just <laughs> what everybody sort of adores in elfdom. Right. And then you've got Teclas. Yeah. Who was born sick, which is weird among the elves because elves don't get sick. Mm -hmm. um, he's skinny. He is not muscular. He's He's got a bit of a limp. Right. He's a, Yeah, they, they, I think they call him like a... I think they, you know... Yeah, they kind of, I think they call him like a cripple or something like that. Yeah, like, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah, pretty it's not very politically correct at all. No, he's he's and he's and he's very sickly. He's at home a lot while his brother's out doing all this stuff. Um, he can be more he can he he can be a lot more conniving than his brother. Yeah. You know, right. he can be that political. And while he's not a bad person, he's a bitter person. Mm -hmm. um, he sees all the elves who love his brother. Everybody loves his brother. His brother's so cool. His brother can do all these things, and he can't. But he's a genius, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's a, he's a unparalleled scholar. He actually gets admitted, you know, to, to the you know the White Tower of Hoeth, and he's allowed to study there, which is a big deal. One of the youngest ever, too. One of the mm -hmm. quickest studies. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He's just he's brilliant. He's one of and he's one of the greatest wizards ever. Yeah, he actually has to take a potion so that he can combat his ailments. You know, his his frailties. Yeah, he takes a potion. Yes. Yeah, which which he knows how to make and he makes for himself and all that because he can do basically anything that's magical. Right. But yeah, I mean he's got he's he has to take medicine on a regular basis forever. Otherwise he gets weak and sickly and has to lay down a lot. Which right. is very unelf like and makes him a bit of an outcast. Mm -hmm. Which makes him a bit bitter, which is why he's gotta be the smartest. When you look at all the stuff Teclas did during just during the uh the the latest thing, what was that called? The um Broken the Realms? Yeah, Broken Realms, yep. You look at the decisions he made and the things he did, and everyone's like, man, you can't do that. <laughs> and he's like, "I, but I did, and I'm smart, and I'm smarter than the rest of you, and I know yeah. what I'm doing. And you look at that cockiness, and it goes all the way back to here. Yep. yep. Where he had to learn. I mean, he was he was really quite adept at magic, and it was the one thing that he could do better than anybody else, and mm -hmm. boy, does he do it better than anybody else. Right. He also is very practical. Mm -hmm. So he knows like what his what his purpose is. He figures it out, you know. And it's to defend. So like Tyrion, here's here's like uh, the description I was thinking. Like Tyrion is he's he can defend himself, his brother, the his town, his his country, Ulthwin. Teclas, the Teclas, like great. My goal. My purpose in this is to defend the whole world. Like, yes. Tyrion, you're here to defend Ulthuin and elves. I'm here to defend everyone. That's my Which purpose. is an interesting take, and it's really yeah. conceited, because he needs yeah. Tyrion to keep the elves safe, to keep him yeah. safe, yeah. so that he can do... It's, but it's great. Tyrion is an amazing general. He's an amazing yeah. tactician. Like, here's a guy who goes out and wins battles, wins... Like, as he gets older... 
He's just yeah. he win win wins, right? Yeah, yeah. But then you get Techless, who is working behind the scenes, is very political, is making plans, is meeting people, is forming alliances, is making all these other things happen. Techless is the one who brings magic to humans. The, the humans, right? After, after, um, after Malekith is well, we'll get there. That that's that happens like later in their story after they're all grown up, basically. Right. Yep. Now some of their more younger stuff. I don't know if you've got some of those highlights that you want to hit. I know um, they were chased around by Ankari, that uh, right. greater demon of Slanesh, because Slanesh yeah, so, is always so, chasing demons. Uh, yes. So he he comes in early, and then he gets sort of unleashed upon them again by Borathi. Yep. <laughs> Which is not great. And then, um, so they have like an adventure like in Lustria where they're hunting for. Uh, Sunfang, which is uh, Kalidor's sword. Right. You know, Kalidor Dragon Tamer's sword, you know, back from the time of Venarian. Uh, they look there, they find that in Lustria. And, um, and then the, the last, uh, so at the end of that, uh, Malekith kidnaps the Ever Queen, who is, you know, a familiar name to those who, who know the Sylvaneth lore, Alarial. And, you know, they, they kidnap her. And so Tyrion leaves and goes to rescue her and does. And then, you know, spends his time running, you know, trying to evade them and get away from them. And Teclas goes, to, you know, helps him. This is when Teclas creates his own sword. He makes the sword of Teclas. He gets the war crown of Safri and then... Right before the Battle of Fenuval Plain, he gets the uh, Moon Staff of Liliath, which is super cool. Right. Yeah. So I think the the ultimate the ultimate obviously the the peak of this story is the Battle of Fenuval Plain. Yes. This is you know where the fate of Ulthuin you know is pretty much in the balance. You know what I mean? Um. You know, Tyrion has once again defeated Ankari. He's made his way to um, the Fenuval Plain. Him and Teclas are there. Like now, the armies of Ulthuin are assembling. Like all the greatest champions and heroes of Ulthuin are arriving here. Um, now, this is when you had high elves and dark elves. You also had wood elves, and wood elves kind of, yeah. sort of became, kind of, sort of became the sylvaneth at least a little bit of it a yes, part of it yes um so yeah so the high, yeah, high elves and dark elves right so the dark elves if you don't i guess if you don't know are, they're yeah. like the they're the, so the faction that followed malekith when he was spurned as the phoenix king right yeah. if you don't so know if you don't know malekith knew he was supposed to be the phoenix king uh, yeah. And basically stormed the 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 what what do you call it? Where the place where they had the the phoenix? Yeah, fire. they're, they're going to have a council. They're going to select the phoenix king, and he's like, you know what? But what it's like you. a sanctuary or something like that. It's a yeah, place. it's the shrine of Assyrian. That's a shrine. That's what I'm looking. Yeah, the shrine of Assyrian, and that's where the white flame is. And you know, it's like whoever, you know, they the first, well, first of all, the the princes of Ulthuin they elect somebody. They try to, and then if you get elected, you have to walk through this flame 
What's interesting, though, is ever since, like, the, you'd, you'd walk through the flame, and if it worked, you know, if you weren't burned, yep. you'd be the Phoenix King. Yep. And <laughs> Malekith, you know, has gone through and done all these battles, done all this stuff, and he should be it, and they vote to let somebody else be it. Yep. And Malekith basically jumps in and says, uh, No. I flat out yeah. refuse. And he, well, because because he was they, he they, they, everyone thought he was going to be Phoenix King a long time ago, and they elected somebody else. And you know, right at you know when they when the, basically when Adarian, you know, fell from that time, he's like, you know what, fine, I don't need to be the Phoenix King. Right, and I'm, plus he was Prince young, Malik. and they're like, you're, yeah. you're, they gave him all sorts of reasons why he was too young. Yeah. But then when that guy went, and it's like, okay, now it's my turn, and they said, no, he's like, no, nah, it's my turn. Yeah. And then he went yeah. into the flames and got burned yeah, he up. Got, he got burnt to a crisp. He walked into it and just the agony. Just yeah. he was on the verge of death. He was and blackened. He, yeah. He and fell he out. Fell, he out. fell out. out of it. Fell out the same way he walked in. Right. So that's so he didn't pass through. He didn't like fall out the other side and survive. No. He went in. And then collapsed backwards, yeah. And came out the other way, burnt to a crisp. So his followers gather him up. And he basically says he's the true Phoenix King. He doesn't care what any of this is. He's he's supposed to be. He should be. He was denied this. And that's why. And this isn't important to Teclis and Tyrion's story, but I think what is important is ever since then afterwards, anybody who's been chosen to be the Phoenix King goes through all of these rituals and all the wizards put all sorts of protective spells and stuff on them so that they can have a better chance of getting through the fire, which is weird because they didn't do that before that. Did they? they I, don't, a, a, I don't know. I don't Anarian recall them. Sure he didn't I don't do recall it. Them, I don't recall them putting wards on people to walk through the... Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Because I remember reading in one of those books, there was a whole okay. ritual and all that stuff about it. And I remember sure. reading, and it was even in some of the old High Elf Army books. Because mm-hmm. I'm sitting there like, isn't that cheating? Hmm. I don't recall that, but sure. I, I don't I'm don't. i 99% positive that they mm-hmm. did that stuff. And, like, and, and he didn't do it because he's like, no, that's not how you're supposed to do it. But yeah. then after they watched him burn, they, they did all sorts of stuff to prep the one who's supposed to be it. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the things that made a lot of people say that, you know what, that the Dark Elves, like Christopher, would always be like, mm-hmm. the Dark Elves were right. Because, look, these guys, they're not legit things because they have to do all sorts of stuff to be able to go through it. And well, I don't think it would he matter. He was an agitator, you walk, though. You walk into the Shrine of Asturian, and you're not worthy. You're going to get roasted. <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? I don't care. Well, neither no. was Malekith. And look, and he had to... Yeah. He had to he had a, a suit of armor grafted magically to his body right, and bolted right. into his bones because yeah. his he was so wrecked by that and he just right. couldn't it was magical damage which he couldn't heal. Right. So he wears the black armor which is sealed to his body. He can't take it off. So sad, so gross. <laughs> so anyway, um yeah, so where were we? We were talking. We're about. at the Battle of Fenuvial Plains, and the right, Dark so Elf Fenuvial army Plains. is coming in. Yeah. So also at this battle are um, chaos worshippers. There's like, you know, chaos warriors and chaos marauders, and there's a whole chaos army there. Because part of the deal with Malekith is that he's also aligned to the forces of chaos, which is something that doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's definitely true. He would bar. Um, and, yeah, he would use them when he when he could. 
Right. And Marathi was also in, involved with yes uh, with them with Slamesh specifically. Um, which is kind of weird. So anyway, it's Battle of Phoenixville Plain. Now, so at the beginning of the battle, uh, Malekith's uh, his champion, Urian Poisonblade, who had been masquerading as a high elf prince, like his name was like Iltharian, Il Iltharon or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he was always around at court. He was always better than Tyrion, and he was always kind of like showing off and doing all this stuff. He reveals himself as like he's the champion of Malakas, Urian Poison Blade. He's like you know, and before so before the battle starts, they they send Urian, you know, the herald, one of uh, Malakas' heralds walks down there, and is like you know, is anyone in this you know in this army brave enough to challenge, you know, Malakas' champion? And of course, a couple of guys walk out there and say, "Oh, I'll be brave enough." And this is you know, this is after. Tyrion now has Sunfang. Um, they have just, they've just, they've like rebuilt the dragon armor of Anarion. They like, they like sort, like magically created it, found pieces, parts of it. They've like recreated, like reformed the dragon armor of Anarion. And now it's been given to Tyrion. So he is like fully decked out. He's uh, been gifted Malhandir by the princes of, um, uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the the Illyr- the what are they called the Illyrian the the uh, horse guy the horse guys <laughs> yeah I can't think of it not the Reavers but <laughs> yeah it's the Reavers oh, okay. right yeah the Reaver the Reaver knights anyway he so he that, they, they gift him with Malhandir and basically it's kind of like well Malhandir sort of chooses Tyrion and Tyrion didn't want this gift but then he meets Malhandir and he's like of course this is my horse yeah, it's like a bond that is instantly created between these two. So this has now happened. Um, but your urine poison blade comes out and just kills the first two champions that step forward, just like in like two minutes, you know, just like 30 seconds of fight. There's death. Yep. So then Tyrion walks out there finally. And it's like, and it's like, and this is like showing is like his supreme confidence. He's like, basically the only thing he has to say to Yuri is like, I am going to kill you. And Urian is like, you're not good. You're not as good as me. You're not better than me. You've never been better than me. I'm, you have no chance against me. And all Tyrion can say to him is, I am going to kill you. And he is like determined. He's like, he doesn't care if he has to fall on this guy's swords so that he can oh, get yeah. close to him and strangle him to death. He's like, I am going to kill you. This is going to happen. So, of course, they have this humongous battle and fight. And, you know, Tyrion eventually, you know, kind of uses like, you know every skill he's got. He like actually relies on the dragon armor to protect him at the end, and then pierces the armor that Malekith gave his champion with Sunfang. Urian Poisonblade dies. High Elf Army cheers, hooray! And then Malekith signals the attack. And but before Tyrion can get swept up by the Dark Elf Army, he jumps on Malhandir and is you know whisked away back to the line. So now the battle has begun in earnest. And yeah, all of that is leading up to this battle. Yeah, and also also during the fight with Urian Poisonblade, Malekith sort of realized that, hmm, my guy's not going to win. So he starts influencing the duel, trying to slow down Tyrion with magic, and Teclis identifies it 
and challenges Malekith kind of for the first time magically. And he's like, wow, this guy's really powerful. So now they start dueling like magically. So like, you know, Malekith unleashes like Arnizapel's black horror on the high elf lines and it's it gets really it gets, crazy here. Tyrion yeah. is basically running with his armies everywhere. Everywhere yep, Tyrion everywhere. goes at this point, yep. bad guys die. Like yep. the enemy cannot hold against his fury. It's yep. amazing. And right. Teclas is he's battling Malakith this he's whole He's holding time. his own. Right. Against Malakith. But he cannot he he Teclas is finally fighting somebody who is yeah. granted thousands of years older than him. Right. But is also somebody who is better than him. Right. And right. Teclas is holding off against him, but he right. just Malekith is throwing so much stuff and yeah. Te- and Teclas is on the defensive. He's yeah. blocking and countering and parrying and stopping. He's not able to right. get in there and get a hit in. Right. So basically Te- Teclas has uh prepared a spell. And this is gonna- where he uses that crazy the staff of his. Yeah. Yeah. So he's prepared this spell that with the, you know, he's going he's gonna to need the moon staff's power. Which, if you, if, if you don't, now, if you never played fantasy, you don't know what this means in the rules. But basically, once per game, he could use that staff's power. Yeah. And it gave him all sorts of magical boosts, like yeah. a banana's magical boost for the game. But for the rest of the game, yeah. he was what's called strength and toughness one, which basically right. meant. He could not hurt anything, and he was he th- all of that illness and that sickness. He was burning off every bit of energy he had, yeah. so he literally would be unable to hurt. Like he, physically, he was completely drained after yeah. using this in the game. And right. this is where it comes from, because boy, is this awesome! <laughs> yeah. So basically, he's got this short range spell, but he needs to get to where Malekith is. So he does this spell where he like walks up into the air and like sort of walks over the top of the battle and like sort of basically presents himself to Malekith. And Malekith's like, come on, <laughs> like, what are you going to do? And he like unleashes this spell. And basically, it's a spell that recreates the power of and the heat of the Shrine of Asurian. So it's the same pain, it's the same feeling, it's the same magic that burned Malekith when he walked into the flame of the he's, Shrine of He's Asteria. throwing a small star yeah. at Malekith. It's basically the magic from the Shrine of Asteria. He's yeah. burning him to death again. And, and Mal- yeah. Go ahead. And then so Malekith, what he does is, is he just like, he's like, oh, no, like, I don't know how to counter this. I'm now he's like freaking out because he's he's, he's panicking. Felt this pain. He's panicking. He's felt this pain before. It took and he years. Does. It took years, folks, yeah. from the time he was burned until the time he was able to do anything. Yeah. He, they brought him to his mom. They did all sorts of spells to cut the pain. Then they put him in that armor, and he laid in that forever just to heal enough where yeah. he could. And he was. And understand, he never healed all that burning. He never right. healed. He was constantly in pain. Mm-hmm. 
from this, which drove his anger, which drove his power. He was sort of like a dark Jedi. He had like a he had like Darth Vaderitis. Like <laughs> yeah. he really did. It, and it drove his his anger and his need to destroy all of that yeah. from this pain. And Teclas threw it at him, and he yeah. dives. He opens up a a realm gate. He opens yeah, up a warp portal. Yeah, and to dives. the realm of chaos. Yeah, and dives into it to save himself. <laughs> Yeah, and with him gone, without him, now he is not, he is no longer slowing down Tyrion. Te- or Teclas now. Well, he's not, yeah, he, but he, Teclas and him was a pure magical battle. Teclas has nobody to stop him right. now. Right. But Malekith, while fighting Teclas, was also throwing magic on the side to yeah. slow down and screw around with Tyrion. With yeah. nobody holding Tyrion back, yeah. his army is rolling through and they are trashing like yeah that now the gloves are off of him mm-hmm. and then meanwhile teclas is like oh seriously there's nobody here who can challenge him magically right so now that now teclas is all his magical power is focused on defeating the dark elf army and they just get routed at this yeah. point he's no longer defending his brother against malachith's magic he's no longer defending himself against malachith's magic he has gone from the defense to the offensive and right. it is Glorious, yeah. And it's around this time that the Fe- the actual Phoenix King, who they've been defending, finally comes out of his castle with his men. Yeah. Uh, the, okay, the Phoenix Kings were kind of the worst. <laughs> like, a, a lot, not all of them were bad, but some of them were just just god awful. I mean, like with any rule, you have better rulers and worse rulers, but they're. And one of these days we'll discuss this when we talk Malekith. But they were all basically pretenders to the throne. And and it showed. Ah. Uh, they were. They literally I were. Know, I don't know. I, I have, I just personally have issue with that whole notion. But we'll talk about that at some point. <laughs> we'll argue that when we talk about Malekith sometime. Yeah. Uh, so all of this, I mean, this, yeah, this all culminates. Oh, and then meanwhile... Don't forget, this battle is still going on for days. This is you're talking hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people in these armies. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like two days. Once once Tyrion and the Phoenix King sort of have it under control, Teclas goes to the old world. Yeah, this is when he this is when he dips Ultawan and heads to the old world to teach humans magic. Yeah. <laughs> so if you think about like the history of the Empire at this point, it's like Wait a minute. So we're talking like Magnus the Pious? Like, yeah. That's this time. Yes. This, like, is, this is a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> this is fighting along the walls of Kislev and stuff yeah, like that. This is yeah. crazy stuff. Yeah. But this is, I mean, this is who Tyrion and Teclis are. They are, they are amazing. The def- the def- yeah, the defenders of Ulthuin is kind of how they're... That's what their tagline is, right? Yes. Here in Teclas, the defenders of Ulthuin. Now, we've been going for an hour between this and the toolbox. We need to take a break. Yep. But we'll take a break, and then we're going to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the things that they were doing, uh, some of the things that led up to the end times, and then the stuff that happened during the end times, because the end times gets weird, it does. And I was kind of amazed that Teclas, that Tyrion was looking for Teclas at some point during the Realm Age of Sigmar, which means he must have somehow forgiven him because there are some there's some stuff that splits these two brothers in half. But we'll yeah. get to that we'll yep. get to that when we get back. Yep. 
something happened at Grognard's. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. But you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because as the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff. And you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. And we're back. Hello. Hey, hey. All right. So, um, now, Tackless and Tyrion have a, a, a thousand adventures. Yeah. You know, during this time. Um, right. they, they're constantly fighting against the forces of the Dark Elves. Uh, Teclis is help goes and form. Now, he's the one who realizes that one of the beauties of the magical vortex, because elves just control magic, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all magic comes from chaos. Yeah, and the winds of magic. The winds yeah. of magic all come from chaos. Um, and it's dangerous to, to play with, but in part, one of the side effects in the part of making the vortex as they, as they sort of destabilized all that magic is they were able to break it into its various component parts. Right. The eight like, winds of magic. Yeah, kind of like holding a prism up to the, uh, up to the light. Mm-hmm. And so there are eight types of magic and they right. the, and basically that becomes the eight realms in Age of Sigmar. Yeah, so there's eight eight winds of magic, the eight realms, and there's like eight colleges of magic back in the old world. Right. Because hu- humans could only learn one. They only You're... had the mental capacity to learn one of the winds of magic, whereas the high elves could... Learn any could, of them. They could learn all of them. They could handle all of it. Now, there were the rare wizards who could learn a second or even a third yes. type of magic. However... It would often burn out their brains, eventually burn out their brains, or the chaos portion of the magic would overwhelm them and they would go bad. So it really was frowned upon to even try to go beyond your particular college of magic. Right. Right. Um, Which is really interesting stuff. But yeah, it's Teclis who brought magic Mm -hmm. to the... To the humans, right? Oh, and and did it selfishly. We didn't do really do it to help humans. He did it to help the elves. He literally he, knew that if the humans fell, they they were the ones who were the numerous. They were the bodies. They were the ones who were holding. If they fell, the elves would fall. Yeah. So he's like, we need these guys to fight chaos. Operation Cannon Fodder. Yeah. Keep them. Exactly. Yeah, keep them on the front leg. Because and and you know yeah. what. Um, they they reproduce. They don't live as long as elves, but they reproduce at a ridiculously higher rate. Mm-hmm. Just the sheer numbers. If we can help them with a little bit of magic, mm-hmm. and you know what, he's doing it now. 
with right. the cities and the realms and allowing yes. humans and knowing they're not going to do much, but letting right. let them feel good about it. Yeah. And it's we can exactly, get them to do exactly what we want. Same thing. Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. Same plan. Yeah. Um, so there, but there's tons of adventures. Yeah. You know, uh, there's all sorts of stories. One of my personal favorites is when he winds up working with Gotrek and Felix. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's, I can't remember which. Is that? I, all I remember is they were fighting against orcs and goblins. Oh, it's orcs. Yeah, it's probably orcs later then. Because there was a part where Teclas was actually flying above the battle, throwing magic around, and he almost gets nailed by a goblin chucked from a, a doom right. a doom diver. And it just this goblin with a pointy metal helmet goes flying past him in the sky, gibbering like a maniac. And there's a whole part where Teclas kind of pauses. He's like. They're insane. He's like, they're literally putting pointy helmets on and putting them into trebuchets and throwing them at the enemy. He's like, what yeah. is wrong with <laughs> these things? And it's, it's so funny to see. But you remember the one, my favorite part in it, and I re- you mentioned it earlier when we were talking, Yeah, is um, <laughs> the thing about that whole scene, go ahead and tell the scene because it's so great as they're trudging so- along so they're just like trudging along through like the mud and the muck and the mire, trying to get to their destination. Going to try to get where they're going, and, and yeah, and Felix is just miserable, and he's covered in dirt and bugs and mud. His and, feet are just—it's hard to pull. They're sinking into yeah. the mud with every step, so he's got to st- pull them out, and, suctioning. And, right, and then there's Teclas, who's just immaculate. He's completely pristine clothes because he's floating over the top of the mud. He's like not even walking through it. He's and walking, I think I, but he's walking six inches above the ground. Yeah, yeah, and I think he, I think he actually, after it like, is happened, like Felix like talks to him about. It. He's like, it's like why thought, that was great that you were doing that. Like that didn't really help us. And he's like, how come he couldn't help us? He's like, I could have. <laughs> right. I chose not to. <laughs> Well, and, and the he's thing like, is, what? and Felix has this whole thing that while they're doing that, he's like, "What kind of magical power does this guy have? Yeah. That he is just not even. He's talking to Gotrek. He's walking. He's making plans. And the whole time, he's walking six inches above the ground. And yeah. any dirt that's slopping from anywhere else is stopping before it hits him and just falling to the yeah. ground. And he's yeah. like, "What kind of power does he have that he can just?" waste the power first of all on such a petty <laughs> thing as not wanting to get dirty yeah it's in giant slayer is yeah when that happens they're he doesn't, Albion. yeah they're doesn't want to get dirty doesn't want to and it's and it's not even draining his overall power in the least bit like this is this is like when your phone is just on and you're not using it like there's energy being drained because it's on but it's so negligible nobody notices it <laughs> that's the kind of power he has and felix is floored when he realizes <laughs> yeah. how casually he's using this magic right it's such a great scene and it, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe we didn't mention it last episode talking mm-hmm. about Godrek and felix because that's a big character who shows up in that yeah that's in giant slayer yeah yeah, that's that one's worth that one's totally worth reading and going over. So what we need to know though about Teclas mm-hmm. and Tyrion really culminates in the end times. Yeah. Um 
I know there are people who don't like Teclas, and there are people who felt like the things he did in the end times were bad, and he was a moron, and what an idiot, and it all failed anyway, and it did, but honestly, it would have failed quicker without him, and his plan, honestly, I think could have worked. His plan was to uh, break up the Vortex, which we just talked about, that Uh Kalidor Dragon Tamer had used to you know, keep the winds of magic, you know, uh, diffused. He was going to break up the vortex, stop the spell, and break up the eight winds, and then embed those in champions. Basically, make them the gods. Overworld. Yeah, basically. And himself, they call them avatars. Being one of them. But yeah, what's interesting is you think, why would you do that? Like this is the one thing keeping mm-hmm. the chaos magic at bay. Archaon was already here. Yeah, he was winning. The magic was wiping through. He was wiping everything out. The demons were here. The the the, the vortex was not doing enough to slow them down. Mm-hmm. So rather than suck all that power out, let's stick. And he did. He they broke it off, and each wind of magic in its own pure form went into. Some and he had planned on who it should go into. Right, but he got some. It got screwed up. Well, it like, did. Like, I, like the wind, the magic, the beast magic just took off, and he didn't know where it went, and yeah. it went out to go find what's his name. I found uh, Grimgore, right? <laughs> Grimgore Ironhide. Yeah, because of course it did. Yeah, and Teclas wasn't expecting that. Um, okay. it, it went into the, uh, basically the emperor became an avatar of Sigmar with heaven's magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, like, uh, like Carl Franz, right? Yeah, he he basically got knocked off. That the uh, Deathfang, right? The 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 Griffin. He got right. knocked, knocked off, and while he was falling, he got. I think he got suffused with the the magic. Yeah, but and he, he woke basically up. woke up and was Sigmar. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I forget who had which winds of magic, but they really well, did divvy them out. Yeah, so, like life so, magic so, went to Alarial. Yep, Tyrion and Teclas got split. They each got half of Hish magic. But somehow they still ended up with the equal amount of the whole thing. Like they're only like you think they'd only get half each. That's not what happened. They each got the full amount. Yeah, it was weird because it, it split and went into each yeah. of them. But once it was in, like once it was split, each half it was like a worm. Each half regenerated. Yeah, exactly. And they went to full power. Mm-hmm. Um, the what was it? The fire <sighs> magic. Uh, I honestly don't remember all of them. I'm trying to think. Did Matt? Did Malekith get Malekith shadow, right? got shadow magic? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, who did? Did Balthazar Gelt get? No, he didn't get one. He no, was. He no, got. He kind of got. Yeah, he got. Yeah, he he got corrupted. That's right. Yeah, he he did. He, yep. he, he yeah he finally fell. He got bad. He, he was uh, supposed to get the metal, but did he not get it? Balthazar oh, Gelt? did he get metal? Yeah, he got the metal. That's right. Um, he did get metal. I'm thinking of the uh, the uh, Grand Theogenist. He was supposed to get one of them, but he got ganked in the ritual. There's a lot of weird stuff that happens. But now, here's part of the yeah. problem, though. And this is where it gets really interesting. Teclas sees what's happening. Mm-hmm. And Teclas, you got to hand it to this kid. And I call him a kid because he is the, the like weak little brother, right? Mm-hmm. He sees big picture. Yeah. And he's willing to do whatever has to happen. Yeah. Um, 
including be- before the end times happens, there is a story. There was a. Uh, uh, an ambassador to the elves who disappeared was attacked and stolen on her way to go uh, do an ambassadorship to the to the dwarves. And this is Ali- a huge sh- Aliathra. Aliathra. This is a huge shame to the dwarves because they sent out. Uh, they had a retainer of dwarves bringing her there to keep her safe as they went through, and she was attacked, and bad things were happening. All this was going on. They're trying to. The the dwarves and elves are actually trying to build, yeah, some relationships again after the War of the Beard, okay. Mm-hmm. And and I know if I I might have some of the exact facts mixed up, but basically what happens is Manfred is trying to bring back Nagash because Nagash is not here at the moment. Nagash has right. been destroyed by that sword of death that the that the well, of course in as he's as he's, as he's making his black pyramid in the world that was he's got the black pyramid created he's doing the ultimate spell he's going to take over and be the most powerful being and the yeah. skaven show up and give this human dude this sword that can kill anything i forget what was that sword called it was um it had a ridiculously powerful name as well, and I'm blanking on some of this because there's so many things that happened. Yeah. But basically, this is the guy who tried to kill Nagash and failed, and Nagash kept him in a prison right. and tortured him because yep. that's what Nagash does. Yep. He's a bitter, angry old god, and he is petty. And so he's torturing this guy, and what happens is he's near death. Nagash is near ascension where he's going to take over and run everything, and the Skaven show up and say, hey, look, here's this sword. This kills anything. It's the fell blade. The fell blade. Yes, I got it. <laughs> the problem is when you use it, mm. you die too because <laughs> it kills die. everything. No <laughs> Skaven wanted to use it, but they had no. been at war with Nagash for years. Yeah, and because Nagash was tunneling up Warpstone to fuel the Black Pyramid, and they were tunneling they- Warpstone because they're Skaven, and they wanted it, and so they were at war with him constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, then, which is also in the in the mortal realms, same thing. Yep. Dude, Who foils yeah. Nagash's ritual? It's always the Skaven, which <laughs> is the, beautiful the because quake. you the go from quake. the one almost omnipotent eternal being that is Nagash, you know, the singularity, the ultimate power yeah. in the realm of death, right? Yeah. Being beaten by the most numerous race anywhere. With the least amount of power per person, the the polar opposite, yeah. the single all power to the multiple minimal power, they give this guy the fell blade. This guy kills Nagash, yeah, and dies in the process, and is happy because he kills Nagash. Now it's like one bit, like Nagash burns up, but one bit of his body was left, like like literally like a like an ash piece or yeah. something well, like his, that. And his crown is still left too. And his crown is left too. So he yeah. basically, once again, cannot unless he is completely and utterly destroyed, he's not dead. So yeah. Yeah. he's still there. He's trying to come back, sort of like like Sauron in Lord of the yeah. Rings. Yeah, it's a um, common theme. And uh Manfred von Karstein, the last surviving von Karstein, we'll cover them at some point. Mm-hmm. He is trying to bring him and Ark. Isn't it Archon the Black in part of Archon this too? Archon the Black, yeah. And there, Archon is going to run this this spell, and he, and it's up to Manfred to get what they need. They be, they need like twelve people of different wizarding blood, 
and they yeah, have to something funky like they had that, to sacrifice yeah. all these 12 people in this wizard blood bloodlines and all that magical blood done in the proper thing will bring back Nagash right and this is it's Manfred who kidnaps this elf girl from yeah. the dwarfen yeah. thing attacks, attacks um, them kidnaps but her. he does it Manfred if you remember does it and his his vampire people are all dressed up and made up to look like elves mm-hmm. okay which is yeah that, but that's, they're not made, the, that's not the first time that's happened. No, but he he dresses up like dark elves. So yeah. now now he's fomenting fights between this. Elves have again attacked the dwarves. The dwarves are now mad again at the elves. This mm-hmm. is this is creating more dissension, more strife. Meanwhile, he captures this girl, yeah, who is supposed to be the child of Alariel. I think it's. I think they say it's supposed to be the of the of the Phoenix King. It's the Phoenix King and the Ever Queen, or something like that. Well, oh, maybe there are the future Ever Queen, right? Like was I don't. Maybe it wasn't Alariel at the time. I don't remember. Maybe. Well, Alariel. Yeah, I think. Was it though? I think. Because at this time, yeah, Alariel is definitely the Ever Queen at this point. Right, because this is where uh, Tyrion, and this is where, where why. What does this have to do with anything? Tyrion comes in. Mm-hmm. And Tyrion goes and meets with her and does stuff. And basically, Tyrion and her um, are having an affair. Mm-hmm. And what he doesn't realize is that's his daughter. And mm-hmm. that Manfred has stolen and taken. And he find, when he does find out, he goes to try and get her and stop this. They do. They do get her, actually. They yeah. They do rescue her. But they're trapped in like the... The necro, then like the, they're trapped in basically Nagash's lair. But the <laughs> they ritual, gotta, they gotta get out. the ritual still happens though. Like he yeah, saves but, her life at the last minute, but uh, basically, um, she is still hurt because she is part of the ritual. But basically, mm-hmm. she's not exactly who Manfred thought she was. Plus, Tyrion jumps in and stops. The actual ritual from happening. I don't. I, for some reason, I thought she died. She dies eventually, right? But not here. But that messes up the the spell to bring him back. So right. he comes back, but not the all powerful Nagash that we know. He is yeah. not at full strength. Which you find out, Teclas knew he was coming back. Teclas knew they were doing this spell because if magic is happening, he knows about it. Mm-hmm. He also knows that Archeon's people are getting ready to charge in. He knows bad stuff's going to happen, and he knows he's going to need powerful wizards on his side to stop Chaos from coming in. He knows Nagash has no love for Chaos. Right. So he manipulates it so that this happens. This is what we find out in the end times. Yeah. Is he manipulates this to make sure Nagash comes back. Um. But not at full strength. But not at full strength. And because it's, basically, Aliathra poisons the spell because she's not she's, the full-blooded person that she needed to be to right. make this spell work. So that poisons the spell. All the other wizards die. She is weakened, but Tyrion saves her, mm-hmm. which is great and fantastic. And this is all happening during 8th edition before the end times happen. This is all a pre-end time story. You find out in the end time story. 
that Teclas knew exactly what was going on and let it happen and made yeah. sure that Tyrion didn't find out until it was too late to stop the ritual happening because he knew he was coming back, but he had to make sure he came back weaker and in a position where he would need to help them to get by. Like, he's playing... The only person who plays a better long game than Tyrion is... I mean, than Teclas is Nagash. Yes, yeah, Nagash, yeah. Because Which he's older than all of yeah. them. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, the stuff that's happening. And this is... What's cool about this, to me, is... This shows you Teclas is ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, in the end times series as chaos is, and archeon is making their big push there's more internal strife among the high elves and the dark elves malekith has his forces that he's still trying to been take over the high elves forever they've been holding him off um the the the, the current phoenix king dies is poisoned or something like that yeah he, yeah he dies yep and uh techless Fino, is Finobar. so yeah. that this yeah, so, so eventually what happens is Tyrion. i think his daughter dies so Tyrion doesn't really see any way out of this again much like right. his, much like Anarion didn't feel that way so he man he freaking makes it to the blighted isle he goes there and everybody well, tries to stop him. this hasn't happened yet no because but. what happens is you find out that the Phoenix King has been dead for a little while and T- and Teclas has been covering and running the place for him and faking it yeah, and I think he poisoned himself. Like I think he ki- killed himself. I don't remember honestly. He was kind of crazy. He was a weak Phoenix King. Finubar was a great Phoenix King, but the last one, yeah. Well, then did he kill himself? Like I don't remember exactly I, how this happened. I, 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 I know he, he was, died. Yeah, I think he was. I think the assassins got him. Okay, uh, but. Teclas keeps running stuff in the background for a while yep. for him. Uh, Malekith shows up knowing something's funny and sees what's going on and looks at him and laughs and says, nephew, people yeah. say, I'm ruthless. Mm-hmm. He's like, you are rotten. How could you? And Teclas like, I'm doing what I have to do. Are you yeah. going to help me or not? Like, this is how this, right. these things go. He's right, working- so now, yeah, so now Malekith and Teclas become allies. Yes, because this is what you have to do to save the world. And he knows Malekith is the guy he's got to give the wind of magic of the shadow. Of, of shadow magic to. Um, this is also the point where Tyrion finds out they're working mm-hmm. together. And Tyrion finds out as they're getting all of this magic that Teclas knew what yeah. was happening with his daughter. Let it happen. Right. That. Tyrion snaps. He's like, that's yeah. your niece. That's my... How could you do that to me? Yeah. She almost died. And that's when he loses it. And that's when you find out all of this stuff about Malekith. And Malekith becomes... Finally gets to become the Phoenix King. Yeah. And unites the... A, a fragile alliance. He, well, there's a fragile alliance. He basically says, we have to work together now because I'm the Phoenix King, but the Dark Elves are still doing Dark Elf things, the High Elves are still well, doing High Elf things, and well, he cause, is cause, not... Because Tyrion basically breaks away, right? And there leads a faction of Elves on his own. He so says, I, Tyrion's... yeah, he says, I'm never going to follow you. Yeah, so there's the Tyrion faction of Elves, and then there's the Teclas Malekith faction of elves but the techless malekith faction has high elves and dark elves in it 
It does, correct, yeah. Uh, although they don't quite get along and there's often infighting breaking out. And, yeah. and Teclas keeps going. He's like, you have to rein your people in. He's like, no, I don't. I haven't done that for 6,000 years. Why would I start now? And he's like, <laughs> because they're they, we can't win if you don't act like a king. It's amazing. Yeah. The tension yeah. and the strife that goes on yeah. here is, but this is the point after thousands of years where those two brothers, at that point, their that trust is broken. Yeah. Tyrion is livid. Tyrion takes his guys. They're going to continue to fight. They're going to do things on their own. They're not going to do things along with the with the with Malekith's people. And worse, Tyrion sees the incursion of Archeon, sees what's happening. Yeah. And this is where he decides yeah that his great great uncle had the right idea. <laughs> yeah. He goes out to the blighted isle. And everybody tries to stop him, but everybody, they, but they just can't. He he manages to draw Widowmaker again, and, again, and basically, I mean, well, he does. He becomes the avatar of Cain at this point, which is terrible and tragic and awful. But so, he's also unstoppable and brutal, and he's really right. pushing back the the forces of chaos. Yes. Yeah, so so Imric tries to stop him. He so he was like the Dragon Prince of Kalidor tries to stop him and very crucially dents the dragon armor of Anarian. Which is, right? I mean, th that's a feat in and of itself. Which is crazy. He like rends a small hole in the dragon armor and then Tyrion manages to, I, I think Imric gets away, but yeah, so there's, that that happens in this in this in this spot so kind basically of like all what the happens different... to sanguinius but we won't go into that story. yeah so um so basically all the different heroes of ultuan basically at this point have to choose sides so calador goes with teclas so-and-so goes with this person like and then there's alethanar alethanar who is basically King. batman yeah he's basically batman he's basically he says you know what i ain't picking sides the people of nagarith I've never picked sides. We've always kind of been in the middle. I mean, we are true. We are the true elves. They are the we're, shadow warriors. They are. They are. The, they are the, like the ninjas of the elves, yeah. and they just yeah. they go where they're needed. Yep. The battle's awful. We're being pinned down by an artillery battery in the back. Also, the artillery battery stops. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows why. And you see the shadow warriors kind of come up out of the high grass, and they're like, "Yeah, we stopped them for you. Go do what you need to do." They yep. are a precision scalpel on the battlefield. They are fantastic. Right. I love Alethanar. Yeah, Alethanar is he is awesome. I think he's everyone's favorite character in the end time. He's such a moody, whiny <laughs> punk the whole time, though. <laughs> oh, you know what? My whole city was wiped out. My family was killed. I'm supposed to be a leader, but I don't want to be. I'm just going to do my thing and go. He did. He became Batman. Yeah, he did. His parents were killed, <laughs> and now he's just out for vengeance. And if people yeah. follow him, then they follow him. And like all the rest of the Shadow Warriors are like, if you've ever read The Dark Knight, they're the sons of the bat. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what he is, and I love him for it. Oh, man. So so the end times are starting to wrap up here, right? So we're getting down to the... The nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty, like this and that is happening. So Tyrion is getting ready to just... I think he's 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 like got the Widowmaker. He's battling. Can't remember who he's battling. Is it Malekith? They, I think they are fighting. And yeah, because right, he won't 
Except that, yeah, it's it's right. a mess. It's a mess. Right. So they're fighting, and right before Tyrion is just gonna, I think he's gonna kill Malak. I think at at this. I can't I remember every, I exactly can't how remember. this went down. But All I know is it was sad. But there's a battle, and right before this happens, he gets shot with a arrow from like a thousand yards away, <laughs> like a pristine bow shot rings out from. The, yeah, from halfway from the, around from the world. halfway around the world and pierces the hole rent in the dragon armor from Anarian, from Imric's lance and basically takes out Tyrion. But before he Doesn't dies, kill him. Well, it, it didn't kill him, did it? It dropped him, it, though. It kills him. He dies. Oh, wow. That's so he right. dies, but right before he dies, all the rage... And anger, and basically the spirit of a Narian, and the that was in him, basically be being amplified by the dragon armor as well, leaves his body, and he is again Tyrion, right before he dies, and then that's pretty much it for. And then cheering at that point. Oh gosh, I forgot about that. It's, yeah. How did he make it into the mortal realms then? Uh, I don't know. Oh, it, you know I, what? Because of the avatar, because he had the he had the. It's, it's, at some point, he gets. Yeah, I think I. I don't know. Like, he gets infused with the magic of the half of the Hish magic. That's right. He's got the mag- the light magic in him, and that still yeah. saves him. Even yeah. though he dies, it saves him from actual death. Yeah. So there's some crazy nonsense. Teclis so is still around. Teclis is still around, and they try to stop everything, and they basically fail. You know the end of the end times. Archeon shows up and starts doing stuff. And it, here's the thing. If you ever want to, it's, it's at the end of Archeon, and it's a mm-hmm. great scene. Teclis has everybody there mm-hmm. who has a different wind of magic, right? He's got the eight parts, and he's like all eight of us together, the mm-hmm. avatars of all of this different magic can stop him. Yeah. Grimgore gets the headbutt in and 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 busts it. <laughs> like all the things happen, right? Yeah. And, but Teclis is actually holding like two of the winds of magic yeah, in himself now little, because right. somebody else died. I think it's Wasn't that Gelt? I think it's Balthazar Gelt. So he's holding guys, metal yeah. and yeah. light in himself. Yeah. And this is where and isn't he isn't he juggling I don't remember who he, he does it to but freaking Manfred, mm-hmm. because Manfred's there, and Manfred wants to be it, and he's going to get some of this power, because Nagash is off doing his own thing, because Nagash left. Yeah. Nagash left to go into the realm of death and kill every other god of death that there was, and become the ultimate god of death. Yeah. So Manfred's there, and Manfred's going to get some power. Manfred decides, because as typical with Manfred... You know, he, Manfred reminds me of Star-Lord sometimes from the MCU. <laughs> okay. You know, like if, you, if you're watching, uh, not Endgame, but if you're watching um, Infinity War. Oh, yeah. Where they show up there and Tony Stark's there and he's like, okay, here's yeah, the plan. Yeah, he's yeah. like, okay, that's a great plan, except it's terrible and we should do my thing. Yes. And yeah. even if the guy in charge knows everything, he can't not be in charge. Yeah. Like his ego won't let him. Yeah. Be anybody's second in command. 
And so Manfred, because he is relegated to a secondary position from Teclas, decides does he have that, one of the does he have one of the wins in him? He does, right? I think Manfred. he does, but then he yeah. stabs somebody. Yeah. He stabs somebody literally he, in the who back. Does he, who does he stab? I cannot remember. But then they go and they're dying. Yeah. And they're losing that wind of magic. And that's when Teclas' goes to grab a third wind. Mm-hmm. And he long. can't hold all of this. And suddenly the plan to hold against Arkan now it, it's too unstable. Yeah. And this plan that he had to break all the winds of magic and stop Arkan once and for all fails. And... This is one of those things where if you read all five of the End Times books, and you can get them. In fact, by the way, Warhammer Plus. If you sign up for Warhammer Plus, mm-hmm. you get Warhammer TV, but you also get the Warhammer, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the library. Vault, the Vault. The Vault. The yeah. Vault. All of, because all of these books were two-part books. They were coming in a little case. Like I'm holding Kane right now, and there's Kane book one and book two. Book one is the lore, and book two is the rules. Mm-hmm. The book ones for all five of these are in the in there. So the if lore. you if the you sub, yeah the lore part. So if you subscribe to Warhammer Plus and you never got a hold of or never read the End Times books and got all the stories. Now you can get the whole story by going back and listening to our episodes, like the dude on the on the phone call said in the yeah. beginning of the show. But it's in I forget what that's called. It's not obviously not Warhammer TV. The Warhammer Vault. It's the Vault. Yeah, yeah the Vault. Right, 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 right. Sorry, you did say that. Um, all these books are there if you want to read them and get the actual story. But yeah, Manfred's a tool. <laughs> a jackhole, man. What a jackhole. And he stabs him. <laughs> and it was like every time. It's like in this that last book, I'm like, okay, here's where they pull it off. Here's where they stop mm-hmm. him. And then that fails. And Teclas does another amazing thing. It's like, okay, he just saved it again. Now they stop him. And then, and then Manfred literally, literally stabs someone in the back. And that's yeah. the last straw. Teclas cannot hold it all together, and the world that was is consumed. Both of the realm gates are destroyed. Yeah, and kind of like in that uh, in Man of Steel, where they were doing that pulse thing on both sides of the planet, trying to destroy <laughs> yeah. it. Remember that? Yeah, it kind of happens like that. The it just like the planet is absorbed yeah. by into the warp gates. Everything in the world that was is just kind of crushed, condensed, pulls apart, ripped apart. Well, it like condenses the the old world into a very, very, very small sphere called Malice. Well, not too small because you know. Well, not too small. Yeah, right. I mean, he's but, riding yes. on it. You know. Yeah, it's now that's now yeah. what's like floating around in the Sigma Rabulum, right? Yeah, and uh, anything that broke off of it as it was sort because mm-hmm. that's like the core, but everything on the outer yeah, edge, that's of the core. all that stuff got ripped into the warp, and all of it with all of those avatars getting ripped into that, all that magic. From those guys at the end times is what crystallized and formed the realms. Yes. So it literally is a continuation, and it all happened. The 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 mortal realms exist because of Teclas's plan. Yep. Now his plan failed, and we got the mortal realms from it. But his plan failed because everybody around <laughs> yeah. him kept messing things up. Yeah. I mean, granted, I get why Tyrion was mad at him. You sure. used my daughter. As a sacrifice, as a piece, a, a, a pawn yeah. in your game, I get why he was mad. But pulling that sword, not a good plan. Do you think Tyrion could have defeated Archeon with Widowmaker? Oh, I don't think so. Mm. And I only say I don't think so. 
Uh, that's a fight that I've never seen anything. To, but it's it's Archeon. He's like the freaking boogeyman. Nobody beats Archeon. Yeah, but Tyrion was. I mean, he has been beaten, I suppose. He got headbutted out of that last that last incursion. Um, <laughs> Storm of Chaos. Oh, that was so dumb and so wonderful. <laughs> Stupidest thing I re- ever. I remember that so well. That was yeah. There was that worldwide campaign, right? Yes. And it was basically all you submitted your results to a website, and that was supposed to impact the lore of the game at that point. But these people basically organized, it was an organized effort by this group of people on the side of order. It was like a massive thing where it was so organized. It was all legit. They like, spiked the results like so far in favor of order. Like, you, I remember looking at the website like, wow, well, order. Not only that, but it was order, but campaign. also all this weird destruction stuff. Spiked yeah. too. So as yeah. they as they wrote the story, and for anyone who doesn't know, in this story, yeah. Archeon comes in, and this is before the end times. This is a different Archeon incursion. Yeah, the Storm of Chaos. Didn't and this is where he beat? Was it Luther? Who did he beat in that? Because there was that huge battle between him and like the defender. It's the Grand, it's the Grand Theogenes. Yeah. And he, he fails the Grand Theogenes and to he winds up his go- altar. Yeah, and he winds up going to the realm of chaos and suffering and all this stuff. Yeah. And it looks like but there's this huge fight and Archeon is exhausted. Archeon has fought to the last of his abilities. He has won the day. He looks around and it looks like he's won. And the orcs are riding in and he's like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> and Grimgor Ironhide comes rushing up and the orcs fight through his men and he's like uh, now I gotta take her and Crimgore Ironhide, fresh and ready to go, yeah. basically runs up and his Archeon is too tired to really put up a true fight. <laughs> Headbutts Archeon, yeah, as hard as he can, knocking Archeon cold. Yeah, and then turns around and is like, "I is the greatest. Look <laughs> what I best. did." Orcs is the best. And then leaves. Just leaves. Just like head. He looks for the fight. There's the general. I headbutted him. I won. There's no need to be here. There's no more fight. And leaves. It is one of the literal dumbest things to happen in the entire history of Warhammer. It's so ridiculous. Gav Thorpe wrote that. And you know what? It, but it was he had to do something, and it he was did. so ridiculous that it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Like this, so, it's, I remember in the campaign there were these waypoints along the way where the, the basically the Chaos Army was supposed to get to like Middenheim and Altdorf and all this stuff. They never made it past the Brass Keep nope. in the campaign. No. <laughs> Because people who were playing Order did not want to see this happen, no, and there was, no. it was crazy. Now there yeah. were there were there were people who said that they were submitting games that didn't happen, mm. and stuff like that. But I'm I'm not going to get into any of that. I'm not going to. I don't even care. The fact yeah. is, this is how it turned. Hey, you set up the rules. Mm-hmm. People played it, and that's what happened. But the fact that he was winning all this stuff, <laughs> and then he gets stopped. But it's like it has to look like he wins, and then it's just that oh, that will forever be the silliest thing. <laughs> and it's just, but it the thing is, well, they paid homage to it in the end times. They did, 
And Gore headbutts him again, and it works. <laughs> but the thing is, it worked, and that's what's yeah. so insane is it actually, story-wise, it worked. Yeah. But, yeah, then the world's destroyed, and then we get through, and then we get Teclas and Tyrion on this side of it. now. Right. We- so if you read the beginning, the very beginning of the, uh, the Realm Lords book mm-hmm. is Tyrion waking up. Yes. Well, hold on. Let's Hitch. take. We need to take our last break. Okay. Because this is this we're gonna we're gonna wind it up here. So let's do let's wind it up. But let's take our Sounds break good. and then we'll come back and wind up. Uh, you know, new lore. Gotcha. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back talking about Tyrion and Teclas and the mortal realms. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So um, you were saying about how the Lumineth Realm Lord books oh, yeah. book opens. Yeah. So the, the very beginning of the book is Tyrion wakes up and he's like, where am I? And he's not the he's not. He's not the shrine. He's not the avatar of Cain anymore. He's Tyrion again. And he's alive. And he doesn't know where he is. And he's basically um, just walks and discovers the realm of Hish on his own, by himself. There's nobody around. But while he's walking around, he's like he's like hearing things in his mind. And it's he can hear Teclas talking to him. He's trying to find him. And he like journeys right to the very edge of Hish. And as if you know from uh, maybe some of the Broken Realms books, man, you can't go to the edge of Hish and survive. It's not a thing. You will die. You'll turn into glass or whatever. You'll just die. But what happens to Tyrion is that he gets so close to the edge that his eyes actually melt inside of his head. So now he's blind. But while he's this happens to him, he's able to connect with um, this person, his brother, Teclas, on a more 
I suppose it's a spiritual way. And he actually is able to find him. And they sort of are able to connect with each other again. So together, um, Teclas has this new, I guess this new sense about, or Tyrion does. He's able to see things maybe more so better than he ever was before with his actual eyes. And because Teclas helps him. Um, either through magic and just through training. And they discover, they sort of um, yeah, no, discover Tish together. So, But as he goes out to this thing, he doesn't remember anything past. Right. He remembers leaving on the trip, but he doesn't remember any of that trip anymore. And mm-hmm. like all the, the stuff was revealed to him. He like saw everything, understood all this stuff, and then wakes up back where he started with his brother next to him. Which mm-hmm. is really cool, but he doesn't remember any of it. Right. Um, but here's the thing that I thought was cool. Teclas is still weak of limb as he had been, you know. Um, they had become twin halves of the same godly power, which instead of being divided or lessened, became reflected and magnified. There you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tyrion found he could see through the eyes of his brother. And over time, Teclas taught him to access the realms around him through extrasensory perception. So he... He's kind of like the Kwisatz Haderach. He can just pick where and when he wants to see, and he picks yeah. the here and the now, and he can see without eyes, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so now they're they're back to being brothers again. All that old world stuff has been forgiven and forgotten, and they are brothers again. Yeah. And now they're... Yeah, so what's interesting to me is that in the, basically this Luminous Realm Lords book... I mean, they actually talk about the two different spheres of Hish, right? Mm-hmm. There's the Tyrionics half, and there's the Teclian half. And we've only discovered one half of it. Like, all the states that they're talking about right now are in the Teclian hemisphere, I think they call it. Emetrica, Zytrek, all that stuff. There's a whole section we haven't even talked about yet. And it's not coming out in the winter or the spring because we know what those four books are. Right. And the two mystery books for fall or summer, we don't know. Right. So I don't know. I I mean, I can guess what the plans are for the next section. It's going to be all the the Tyrion stuff. It's going to be all the warrior stuff. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be more focused on like dragons and knights and i sure hope so right (laughs) yeah and like i said and we aren't covering any of the new stuff because we literally did that in the past you know few books and stuff we've covered all of the things that teclas and and Tyrion have been doing mostly teclas yeah but when you watch teclas being willing to risk all this stuff being able to put everything on the line Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 alario's like you really don't you get you can't possibly know all the far-reaching, you know, repercussions of what you did. Uh, he just looks at her and he's like, "And, yeah, like this. That's and that's who. But that's always been who Teclas is. Mm-hmm. He's the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, and, and his, he knows and, and, it. And, and his and he knows his role. Yeah, his his role is not to save Hish. It's not to save. It's to save." Everyone. He is. It, he is. He has pitted himself against chaos. Yeah, 
and Nagash. Well, because yeah, yeah, because <laughs> Nagash wants to take down everything. Anyone yeah. who's going to destroy order and, re- and remove these people's free- so when you're playing at that big of a scale, yeah. He really doesn't care if this army gets wiped out or if these. Pe- right. It reminds you of some of that Eldar uh, lore where they come yeah. in and like they're seeing such a bigger picture yeah. that they seem like they don't care at all right. about people. It's, and they kind of don't. He doesn't yeah. care about the individual. He right. cares about the races. He cares yeah, about he, the realms. Yeah, yeah the, the Eldar will sacrifice a. They'll lure an entire Space Marine chapter to their death to stop one of their maiden worlds from being corrupted. They don't care. Yeah. Like, It'll that do all sorts of stuff. It makes, that serves it, our purpose. And some of his plans and some of the things he does make no sense. They seem uncaring. It seems like yeah. he's done something horrible. But you're not seeing the picture he's seeing because literally, as I said before, he is playing a long game mm-hmm. that is... I mean, and there are other people who have his longevity and his power and his plan. I mean, Malekith is doing, has got all sorts of stuff going on that we don't know about. But well, I think I mean, in terms of long-term plans, like this is where I'm going and this is... Know, well, think about Sigmar. I mean, Sigmar is, is Teclis's contemporary, but does Sigmar even have the vision of Teclis? I mean... Well, he's got some stuff because he knows he's going to need all these different chambers, yeah. So like, there's some of that, but I but still Sigma, don't think Sigmar, it's long game. But Sigmar style. so is very focused on reclaiming the mortal realms for yeah for him. You know what I mean? Let's we're yeah. gonna do this right. This is what we're doing. These Dawnbringer Crusades are gonna happen. Like we're gonna retake these realm gates. We're gonna you know this is what we're gonna do. Yeah. He's got a very set sort of style of thinking yeah. and a very set way of doing it. Right. He's also very. I mean, he was a, a jump in there and fight sort of guy until yeah. he realized he had to be the stand back and be the general sort of guy. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, he is still making huge mistakes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, hiding all that stuff and using the, the, the gifts Teclis gave him to make people smarter <laughs> right. and more elusive, to, to, to literally tinker with it to do the exact opposite. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on there. He, he <laughs> is not exactly a Teclis. No. Uh, it's it's fantastic. It's fascinating, yeah, to follow the the, the path of these two brothers because it 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 starts off pretty interesting, and then gets crazy. Mm-hmm. Because so who's your who's your favorite, Teclas or Tyrion? Who do you prefer? Oh, you know what? I've always appreciated the ruthlessness of Teclas. <laughs> I always plus he was Harrison's favorite character. Period. Like ever since he started playing Warhammer. Yeah. So that's my boy's favorite. You know, I got sure. a spot for that. That's the thing. Yeah. That that little weak, hobbled wizard is the thing that brought my boy into playing this game with me. Yeah. So I like it. Plus, that's cool. Plus, I, I as much as I appreciate Tyrion, his mm-hmm. inability to play the game. Mm-hmm. You know that was very that would have been really cool to me when I was nineteen. Yeah. Nah, I'm not gonna do it your way, man. I'm not gonna listen. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna tell you the truth, man. You know what? Yeah. How much? You know how much trouble that got Tyrion into over the years. <laughs> yeah. Like he, I love him, and he is. He's great. He's a he's a master tactician. He's great to have on your side. Mm-hmm. Um, I just there's something about the ruthlessness at which Teclis goes through stuff that I yeah. just. 
I I love it. Yeah. What about you? I I've actually I've always preferred Tyrion. Um, I think just because he was he's always able to keep himself like like pure, you know, or he tries to. I mean, just I mean uh, unless he's being corrupted by the power of a a. a death god you know i mean i don't know if that's his fault but no, i you know, get he, what you're saying he had, yeah even when he put like the dragon armor on he could feel the power of a narian inside this armor and he's like i can feel it's going to amplify my strength it's going to amplify my vision it's going to amplify everything it's going to make me ruthless and a killer and i can defeat armies by myself but you know what i'm going to hold that back cuz i'm still Tyrion. I want to be Tyrion, not the slave of Anarian. He, yeah, I will give you that. Here is a guy who w- does not compromise on his on his principles or his beliefs, right? right. Um, and, and he's willing to go pull the sword of Anarian, which he is that's that's nerve right there. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, I think he thought when he pulled the sword, he was going to be the one. Who is going to save the world? Yeah, I think he and thought he so too. He, he didn't get the chance. Nope. <laughs> he didn't get to defeat the four greater demons like Anarian did, and get get the chance to put Widowmaker back. No, he didn't get that chance. Yeah, freaking Batman shot him with an arrow from a thousand yards away. Because he knew that they needed. Malekith and Teclis's that Malekith and Teclis's plan was distasteful and mm. was something that none of the elves really liked. Nobody wanted to bite that apple. Yeah, but Alethanar realized, you know what? I, I hate it, but it's the way we got to go if we want a chance mm-hmm. to win. And mm-hmm. that is, as for Tyrion's one big flaw is. He is relentless, and once he gets yeah. his mindset on something, he mm-hmm. won't be dissuaded. Mm-hmm. But if he gets mm-hmm. his mindset on something like this, where he gets angry, yeah, he, well, it's he, the battle of Finuval. It's the battle of Finuval Plain, where the only thing he could say to Urine Poison Blade is, "I am going to kill you." Yep, that's what's going to happen. And if Poison you Blade are, was you, able you to gonna, manipulate that yeah. anger, he could have yeah. beat him. Mm-hmm. He didn't, and I'm glad, but he could have, because yeah. if you know how to manipulate that type of rage and anger, you can you can do it. Yeah. All right, so that's that. I think we're done. I think we've gone from the beginning to the end of Tyrion and Teclas until yeah. we find out more. Yep. Uh, folks, I apologize for the opening bit of the show being just me and not Chris. We started recording, and for some reason, we got through the whole opening of the show and it was actually really quite fun, and we listened to the voicemails, and it was great. And then I looked down, and something had gone wrong with the recording, and it had stopped and frozen like 10 minutes in, and nothing worked. So we missed like, we, we missed like 10 minutes. Yeah, but we have to re-record it because I had to blank out all the stuff to yeah, reboot yeah. everything to make right. the machine yeah. work right. So yeah. I apologize for that, but I just I want you to know, you, the, you missed some magic. <laughs> some banter. <laughs> um. And I apologize to you, Chris, because it's late and we can't go back and redo that. So I just have to, I just, you know, I had to no, go back cool. and do it on my own. But 
uh, it is what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, folks, yep. um, sorry this was late, but, you know, finals and stuff like that was going on. Um, we will be back before the end of the month with another episode. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be a new book or not because we know those new books are coming. But we're not 100% certain when. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, we didn't even talk about the Ideneth in Old Techless. Oh, no, that's right. Yeah. We'll um, get a chance. If we have a new book, we'll talk a new book. If not, we're going to talk gaming and stuff like that probably. Yeah. Just have a little fun, relaxing episode with that type of stuff because uh, cool. we're going to be doing a bunch of gaming. So we're just going to – next episode, if it's not a book, is going to be some fun. But um, we are starting to compile more and more information on – Characters from I the know. old world who made it into the new world, which is why Malice Darkblade is going to wait a while because he did not make it into the new world. He did not into the he mortal got, realms. He got killed by Tyrion. Yep. He turned into a demon. Died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are going to try to keep it to uh, pe- you know guys who came through. So maybe uh, I- I'm I'm voting for the von Karsteins because Manfred made it. He did. And since Manfred's here, uh, maybe it'll be Von Karstein's next. But we're going to keep this up. You guys seem to be enjoying it, and I sure as heck am enjoying it. And it's a nice break from the books, and it's a nice break from just talking about you know, all the, all the goings-on in the mortal realms. It's fun to trace. Yeah, because you can definitely look at the stuff from like the original stories of Tyrion and Teclas from, geez, Warhammer... High Elf Army books from a decade ago and link them to what is happening right now. I mean, yeah. there's there's threads there and that they're, you know, it's very cool. His allowing those humans in there and using them is exactly what he did back then. His plans and just, you know, just, I, I you know, that, this, the stuff he did to stop Nagash was very similar to some of the plans he used trying to save the old, the world that was. It's you know, it's interesting that he's kind of stuck in this little loop of the way he was. Yeah. You know? Um which is interesting. So all right, um we got to wrap this up. I got yeah. I I've got to get my stuff packed up and put away and then I've got to go to work in the morning. So I want to thank again, thank the Patreon sponsors, those 1% who make this show and every one of our shows possible. Associate producers Christopher Sanders, Big Jake, and Jake C. Executive producers Colin Miller, Tyler McDonald, and Scott Milne. And our newest patron, Brian Kennedy. Thank you all for being part of that 1% and making this show and all our shows possible. Thank you to our regular sponsors, Chaosork and Six Squared and Grognards. And Chris. Yeah, man. Thank you for taking the lead on this and and running through this lore because this is this was once again you forget how much fun we had mm-hmm. with 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 the twenty years of old lore that we were putting together, um, you know, before Age of Sigmar and how rich and how fun some of those stories oh, yeah. were. Um, yeah, and Tyrion how, and Teclas is some of my favorite stuff. That was it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. All right, so folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant, only the faithful will stand when all others fall, and only the faithful know no despair except in failure. For Sigmar!